Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I just want to let you guys know before I get started that as I was exporting this episode, my computer crashed and, um... Well, I lost hours of work, but that's okay. I've tried to fix all the changes, but I don't know. I'm just going to let it go at this point. I hope it's okay. I think it is. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town, but I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single, can someone help me out? He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, shiny eyes with an underbite. Folks, thanks for tuning back into Spermcast. I'm going to start out a little differently this week with an assignment. Pause the episode right now and text one friend about the podcast. Just one friend. Just text them and say, hey, I think you'd really like this podcast. Okay, pause now. Go do it. Okay, unpause. You did it. I think. Did you do it? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, welcome back. I'm so glad you're all here. Now, if there are any newcomers out there, here's what I say every week. I strongly encourage you to start from the top of the series because we're going on a journey together. But hey, if you don't have time, who cares? Here's a little background to get you started. Basically, my name is Molly Hawkey. I'm an actor, writer, and a comedian. I'm almost 40 years old. I want to have a baby, but I don't really have a foreseeable path to get there, so I'm looking for a sperm donor and some personal growth. Here's a quick recap. Episode 1, close friend Brandon Barrick. He's a top contender and darn it, I sure love him. Episode 2, my good friend Amanda Lund becomes my producer and I interview a gay couple, Jordan Firstman and Charles Rogers. When they rate their interest in giving me sperm on a scale of 1 to 10, Jordan gives me a 1 and Charles gives me a 5. Episode 3, former roommate and close friend Andy DeYoung. He's a shocking 7 out of 10 and he also makes me weep when he illuminates the depth of my need for pregnancy and motherhood as well as the spiritual effect it's had on my life so far. Episode 4, I reveal that my dog passed away and that I'm sad as fucking hell, but the inner interview is fun. It's with my mom and dad, and they're great. Episode 5, world-famous HPV actor and acquaintance Alex Macnichol. He's a gosh darn delight, and he's a 9.9 out of 10. We take a field trip to the climbing gym and interview some fertile young men. Episode 6, I interview a man who's an anonymous sperm donor who lives in Colombia, and we learn lots about the sperm donation process. Hint, there's a lot more jerking off than we all realized. Episode 7, that's right now. Recap finished. Okay, so last week I admitted to myself and to all of you that I'm really struggling and having doubts about whether my desire for motherhood is more about wanting a baby or just wanting to experience pregnancy and childbirth. Or maybe I don't want any of it at all. I don't know, everything just feels way more confusing than when I started this whole thing. But Amanda reminded me that I'm still grieving over the loss of my dog Benny and to give myself time. But it's hard to give yourself time when you have a real-time podcast and made a promise of inseminating yourself. Anyway, if there is a chance that all of this is really just about me wanting to experience pregnancy and childbirth, then I think it's important, very important, that I explore the idea of surrogacy. So, I did some digging and was able to get in contact with a wonderful woman named Shelby Gale. She's a surrogate, she lives in Texas, and she's 35 years old. Enjoy! It's going good. Good, going good, good, good. Thank you for doing this phone call with me. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be on your uh, podcast. Yeah. You're a, you're a surrogate. Yes, I am a, is it former 
I am a former surrogate. I guess if you're not planning on doing it again, are you a retired surrogate? I believe I'm retired. Interesting. I think my uh, my last go round, my mom was about to wring my neck for uh, not keeping babies. This yeah. Next <laughs> oh my god. She gosh. said the next one I have to keep. That makes sense. My mom would probably say the same. Yeah. So okay, I have a billion questions for you, um, but do you want to start? You know, just sort of tell me your story. Um. So when I was in college, my sister found out that she was unable to have children. So that's when I first started thinking about being a surrogate for my sister. Mm -hmm. um, she had gone through in vitro, she had gotten pregnant, she miscarried, and she was heartbroken. And I knew that that's, I wanted to do that for her someday. I never got the opportunity to do surrogacy for my sister. Uh, however, it was something that I had always thought of. And by the time that surrogacy kind of presented itself to me, I was absolutely ready. And just from listening to your previous podcast, I know like being pregnant is, I almost wanted to be pregnant more than I wanted to have a child of my own. Yeah. I just really envied pregnant women. Um, but you know, to kind of rewind. Shelby went on to tell me a little bit more about her experience. She was in the Peace Corps in Mali, West Africa. Somehow, she ended up working in maternity services. Um, that was, it's kind of interesting. My life, I've never really chosen the path, you know, that I'm on, but it's always kind of chosen me after a while, I yeah. think. She was in the Peace Corps for two years and five months. Earning only $7 a day, unable to afford flights back to the U.S., she decided to use her 40 vacation days per year to see the world, to travel. And I am like, what? That is what I've always wanted to do. I've just always been too afraid to leave my family for long periods of time. And she says, It's never too late. So, of course, I looked it up. Thought, oh, this will be a brilliant cutaway for my listeners. Maybe I'll just join the Peace Corps even. Get the fuck out of here. Do something good for the environment. And then I found a great job in Malawi. Environment and food security educator. In your village, you will educate mothers and their children on ways they can mitigate food shortages, malnutrition, and deforestation. But the central focus of your work with students will be the construction of permagardens at the schools to teach sustainable agricultural techniques, such as composting, intercropping, biointensive planting, and organic pest management. You will work with your students to devise a system to share the produce grown from the permagardens and encourage the students to use the sustainable permagarden techniques in their homes to support their own families. It would be magic. I'd be helping the environment and having the experience of a lifetime. And then I get to the part about travel in Malawi. It says travel in Malawi can be strenuous, involving long bus rides on dirt roads. No thanks. I'm out. I get super car sick. I always have my whole life. And then I get to this other part about health, health medical considerations. And it says uh, Malawi may not be able to support volunteers with the following medical conditions. Asthma, cardiology, dermatology, gastroenterology. Whoa-oh. Can't do that. My stomach, y'all. And guess what else they don't have? Psychiatrists. Now, I don't see a psychiatrist right now, but guys, let's be real. I feel like it's going that direction. Oh, God. I don't want to go to the Peace Corps anymore. <laughs> I, just want, I just want all the things that I've always wanted in my life to actually happen. I want things to fall together perfectly. I want things to just happen the way they're supposed to happen without me having to make a podcast about it. I just want to be happy. Anyway, Shelby is cool as hell. Let's get back to her story. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really great. It really was. I yeah. feel like I, I definitely learned a lot about people and I learned a lot from Mollians on how to be a better person. Oh, amazing. When Shelby was in the Peace Corps, she met a fella and they were dating. When they came back to the U.S. when she was around 26 or 27, she told her fella she was thinking about being a surrogate for her sister. That wasn't really something for him. And for many reasons, they split up, but they remained friends. One day she got a voicemail from him. <laughs> and he said... I have a an interesting mm-hmm. proposition. Mm-hmm. I have an interesting proposition for you. <laughs> Call me back. This guy's aunt had a single gay friend who was looking for a surrogate. It was so bizarre because at the time, I had been noticing pregnant women and being envious of them. And yeah. I just thought they were so beautiful. And it was like my body was just ready to be pregnant. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really didn't have to think about it that long. I knew I wanted to do it. And, um, you know, I met uh, his aunt's friend and we got the ball rolling. And then they transferred two embryos in January of 2012. And then Jacqueline was born in October of 2012. 12. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so how did that first pregnancy go? And I guess a big question for me is how hard was it to say bye-bye to this baby that wasn't yours? Yeah, the pregnancy was wonderful, actually. My mother had very easy pregnancies. She mm-hmm. had three kids. You know, she got pregnant very easily. I was very untraditional in the surrogacy world, and I often wonder if I'm the only one who was at the end of the day able to be a surrogate without having prior children. And I'm not, I'm not really sure how that came about, but we did find, you know, a great attorney and uh, she was willing to take me on um, as a client. And, you know, I went through all the, uh, the loopholes and the went over the hurdles of being checked out by psychiatrists. And of course, you know, there's a very long vetting process. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was able to, to become a surrogate and I really, really enjoyed my pregnancy. I never had any morning sickness. I really just enjoyed every minute of it. I didn't have any health issues or anything. And, um, you know, I just enjoyed it. I loved it. I love being pregnant. I feel like I'm actually more alive and I'm able to be better. How do I word it? I'm a nurturer, you Mm -hmm. know, like it made me feel like I was serving my purpose to be nurturing something. It gave me kind of purpose that I hadn't really had, you know, aside from Peace Corps. And I'm always seeking out ways to try to facilitate helping others. Mm -hmm. And when I do that is when I feel like my best self and it makes me come alive. It feels like me. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot in common with you. Oh yeah, guys, big time. This is totally how I feel all the time. And I have to say that uh, a couple days before this interview with Shelby, I had a session with a healer. Her name is Kat Barker. We met a couple months ago, once or twice, and we barely know each other. But when she heard about Benny, she so kindly offered me a session. 
She did something called an Akashic Records reading. And man, oh man, was it cool. Apparently, Akashic Records are basically records of every thought, feeling, deed from all of our lifetimes. Now, even though I don't know Kat very well, everything that she said was super accurate and poignant. One of those things she said really mirrored what Shelby was just talking about. So here's a quick snippet of that reading. And please excuse the sound. It was not a formal interview, obviously. Uh, Kat just allowed me to record it on my phone because I'm a jerk. And again, it's, it's a little bit of a personality overlay here too. It's interesting because I see you, uh, it's like energetically you're going around and you're a people pleaser. Like uh, at the very core of yourself too, it's like there's something that gets lit up in you very deeply when you see other people light up. It's like, it, mm -hmm. it's almost like the jester or the entertainer in that mm -hmm. way too. It's like there's nothing that brings you more joy. Mm -hmm. And yet, again, learning how to pull back from other people's expectations so that you come truly into yourself too is where you get kind of your deepest, mm -hmm. deepest learning in this lifetime. I actually, um, I listened to your second podcast, the mm -hmm. second episode, um, and I, I was like, man, she is myself in so many ways, you know, just because uh, I'm, you know, I'm 35 now. I still haven't had any children of my own. Right. It's a hard thing to come to terms with, to be a woman, be a nurturing woman who has that facet of your personality and to be missing out on being a mother and mm -hmm. watching other people get to experience that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm in good company. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, there's just um, so many of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it's something that not a lot of people talk about because, yeah. you know, nobody wants to feel like they're weak or have people feel sorry for them. But it's, I think that's it's a big part that. of it. People, yeah. you don't want people feeling sorry for you. But yeah. So, you know, it was kind of the um, surrogacies were definitely when I'm pregnant is when I feel the most empowered mm -hmm. and like myself I mean every single day I get to wake up for somebody else and <laughs> we're fucked up we're fucked yeah. up for, for, for getting you know feeling good about that stuff but I, yeah. I I can see how that would be amazing yeah it is amazing knowing that every every piece of food that you put in your mouth is you know, altering or contributing to some other life that is so beyond what you should ever have responsibility for. Yeah. It's a huge moment. I mean, it's it's crazy that people give other people that power. And yeah. I feel like there's a lot of trust mm -hmm. with uh, intended parents and surrogates. Yeah. Because you're you're trusting someone to take care of a life that's unable to care for itself. And I mean you know, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a big deal. Yeah. So recently I've started gardening mm -hmm. <laughs> and I bought a lot of bird feeders and that's kind of my placebo. It's mm -hmm. like something to invest myself in that, you know, that, you know, I feel like I get to watch it grow. I get to be proud of it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of my, my children. I get to like see these <laughs> different kinds of birds and I'm basically the worst version of a cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you had your first, um, what do you call your baby when it's not yours? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, you had your first you know, surrogate baby. You know, some people baby. like to say surro baby. Surro I don't baby. really like to abbreviate things. <laughs> what about carried baby? Carried baby, I could do. Yeah, 
I feel like that's short and to the point. It gets the point across. <laughs> okay, so okay, so you had your you had Jacqueline, your first carried baby. How was labor? Did you have did you have a vaginal birth or did you have a C section? I did. I did have a vaginal birth, and that's the way I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of the experience for me was getting to experience childbirth. So she was actually very difficult because uh -huh. she had a very large head. <laughs> and I mean, you can see me that I'm kind of a smaller framed person. Uh -huh. I have a very small head. Uh -huh. I, I have a tiny head. Than a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, genetically, I think that I'm like supposed to be carrying smaller headed babies. Mm -hmm. And I actually went into labor at 9 p.m., uh, the night before, and she was born at 11.19 p.m. The next night. The next night. Yeah. I had a very remarkable time with the epidural. First of all, I freaking love the epidural. <laughs> I would do that recreationally. <laughs> and when I have friends that are having babies, I'm like, do the epidural for epidural's sake. <laughs> I loved it. But, you know, all kidding aside, she she ended up coming several hours later. Um, she got stuck. They did the suction thing. I mean, there was a whole viewing party of doctors. and uh, But she, she finally came out the natural way, and, um, and she was healthy. She did great. That's amazing. And she's still healthy. Yeah. How old is she now? She is six and a half. Okay, so you were late, you were 28 ish, 29? Yeah, I believe I was 28 or 20, yeah, 28 or 29. Wow. Do you know yeah. things about her? I do know things about her. Um, we had a very untraditional um, relationship just because it was a single gay parent and he wasn't trying to pretend that he gave birth to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he wasn't very, he wasn't guarded. And after she was born, he asked if I wanted to come back with him to Dallas. And I did. And, you know, I was very involved in her life for the first three years. I visited her every holiday, birthdays, Easter, and really became part of the family. And then unfortunately he passed away. Oh, shit. Yeah, huh. shortly after her third birthday. And oh, my God. It, that's a big mess. That's a whole other podcast. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay now. Oh, you know, my I think God. That, uh, that is know, a whole other podcast. It is a whole other podcast, and that's life. You know, nothing is ever by the book, and we can only hope that we do things that are good. And, you know, at the end of the day, the thing that makes me the most excited about Jacqueline is that she is just such an incredible child. Yeah. And I just have a sense about her and I've always had a sense about her that she is just an old soul and really, you know, meant to be here. And I'm happy that I got to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, can I ask how, where she ended up after her dad passed away? Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a very difficult I fought for custody of her. Wow. I was second in the will to get custody of her. Wow. Um, you know, but the uh, Texas courts 
uh, sided with her grandmother and her grandmother fought for custody with uh, a woman who lives in a town that's actually two hours from here. Mm-hmm. Where are you now? You're not in Oceanside, I in, right? <laughs> uh, I live in Bernie, Texas. Okay, I thought you were in Texas. Yeah, okay, I'm in cool. Texas. And so I actually go up and I visit her grandmother. I got to see Jacqueline okay. on her birthday last year, okay. um, which was my first time seeing her in two years. Yeah. She's the same child. And for now, I'm just happy to know that she's doing well and she's happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it, I hope I'll get to see her again. She's doing well. Yeah. She's a, she's a cool kid. Yeah. I don't think she's going to have a lot of problems in life, and I'm yeah. happy for that. Yeah. All right. So this isn't the only time that you've uh, been a surrogate. It is not. <laughs> yeah. And, tell, me, uh, tell me more. I, I always also find it fascinating, and earlier I commented about on how, you know, life kind of finds its way to me. Uh, surrogacy was very much that. I feel like I never, you know, I never signed on with an agency. I never went seeking surrogacy mm-hmm. as a thing to do. So Shelby goes on to tell me that people began to reach out to her to be a surrogate. She had met with a couple down in San Diego and cautiously began the process. Contracts with the lawyer, checkups and testing with the doctor, and then the intended parents actually split up and everything was called off. But the doctor that had just checked her out was also working with another couple that was looking for a surrogate. So he called up Shelby's lawyer. Uh, He said, I know the perfect couple for this surrogate. So he connected me um, with the family that I went on to have twins for. Yay. And that was just, you know, (laughs) honestly, that again felt so much like the universe because at that point, I felt very skeptical and I didn't, I did not want to feel like I was forcing this to happen. And, uh, I had told my attorney that, and I said, look, I'll meet them. But if I don't, if I'm not feeling it, there's, I don't want to make this happen just to make it happen. Like this has to be right. And it has to be the right people. You know, fortunately, I mean, I could not have hand selected (laughs) better parents for any children on this planet and I just you know I just um and I know them and that's how I found you and I think they're great too (laughs) yeah they are they're great and I I believe that they're great parents and they're going to raise great human beings Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that's all I could ever hope for you know yeah but yeah I think that that's kind of what retired me I ended up (laughs) twins is hard (laughs) tell me about that pregnancy you know my first attempt they transferred two embryos and we got pregnant and my numbers were high, which made me think that we had multiples. And we did, we did have multiples. It was twins and we were elated. I mean, we were all elated mm-hmm. and just to be able to see kind of this happiness in other people and to contribute to that. It's a high, like you could never experience. And then I started having spotting and then i started having bleeding and for days that felt like months i was bleeding and calling the doctor constantly and googling everything and just praying that this was going to actually work out that this was going to be okay um you know and then i'm i went for a checkup because i i dropped a a large mass of blood and 
we had lost one at five weeks. We when you lost one what? One one embryo. We did two attempts. I didn't know that. Okay. You know, I I learned a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I was scared to death because I thought, okay, well, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe I'm just losing one. Maybe there's still, you know, yeah, a chance for this other embryo to be healthy. And I kept bleeding. And um, the next thing I know, I lost the second one and I knew it. I could see it at six weeks. Shit. And um, went to the doctors and sure enough, I miscarried both of them. And it was devastating. I mean, I I felt horrible. I felt like, I mean, you don't have any control, but you feel like you should have done better. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. that you almost like false advertising, but it was unintentional. You know. Mm-hmm. But. You know, By the way, you're allowed to cry. I cry in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good rule. I like that. Um, you know, but just feeling like that, that you failed, that someone else's dreams, Aww. you know, but to be honest, I was so relieved when I miscarried because I was just, it was bleeding every day was heartache for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just knew and it was sometimes in life when things get so bad, you just want to know. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. you don't care if the outcome is good or if it's bad. You just want there to be an outcome. Yeah. You know, you just want to know mm -hmm. how to proceed. And, um, you know, I was worried. I was I was worried now that the parents would give up hope that they would give up on me. And I didn't want that. I knew, you know, it's like I knew they could be parents and I knew that you know, that the children that they would have, that the day that they would see them or it, if it was just one, um, the day that they would hold their child in their arms, they would know that that's exactly how things were supposed to happen. Yeah. And, you know, but it's, it's difficult. And, and it gave me strength after the miscarriage because I knew that. And I truly believe that. I believe that that door shutting was a door opening to, to the life they have now, you know, and I was terrified that they, that, that they were going to choose to not try again. And I wanted so badly for them to try again. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we ended up having another round and they implanted three embryos mm -hmm. and I was terrified. Oh my God. Um, and my numbers were really high and I was like, I hope this isn't going to be triplets at the, at the time I was, you know, still working my job and it's a death job, but yeah, I have to be able to reach the keyboard from my chair. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, you know, come to find out that it was um, twins. And I was excited to be pregnant with twins. I was excited that they had normal head sizes. <laughs> and, um, and they, you know, that pregnancy, again, I didn't have morning sickness. And the pregnancy right off the bat was looking to be really good. And it, 
it was a really great pregnancy up until the end, around 32 to 33 weeks. Um, I definitely felt good. I felt like we're out of the woods. You know, of course, when you get to like the end, you want to make sure that nothing happens. And I was going to the doctor every other day, um, you know, having them check my protein levels, um, having them check, you know, just to monitor the babies because every day I was having, you know, something, something was kind of like keying me off. Like one day I'd be like itching. And then the next day, you know, my blood pressure was high. And like in that situation, it is always, always, always better safe than sorry. You never mm -hmm. want to take a gamble. Well, with anybody else's life, which would be an unborn child, but also definitely with that, with someone else's baby's life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so just going to the doctor and so he would have me come in and take my blood and all this. And, you know, it got to be around 36 and a half weeks. And I, I was said my feet were swelling an insane amount. Yeah. I, I couldn't even fit into shoes. And, oh. um, and I mean, when I say shoes, I mean, loose flip-flops. <laughs> I had to like cut them and expand them. And so I, you know, I talked to my doctor and I said, you know, I am miserable. Like my skin is itching. My feet are swollen. I can hardly move around. You know, I don't know how much longer I can make it. And I, I like to think that I'm pretty tough, you know? And basically, you know, I, I pleaded with him, like, I think they might have to come out sooner. Like I need you to do these tests. And so he took my blood and then, um, and he was like, well, I don't know, you know, the hospital really frowns on us doing an induction before 37 weeks with twins and I said, okay. And so basically the next day I came in to get monitored and was like, how's it looking? And he said, well, you know, I'll check into it. It's going to be really hard. Let me just check your other test because unless you have any, you know, symptoms or anything showing that you have preeclampsia and uh, he got my test result back and sure enough, I had preeclampsia and I was like, I can't remember what God. that is. It's a, you know, I would have to look up the medical definition, but I will say that. No need for that, Shelby. I can look it up for you. Okay, preeclampsia is a disorder that occurs only during pregnancy and the postpartum period and affects both the mother and the unborn baby, affecting at least 5-8% to 8 of all pregnancies. It is a rapidly progressive condition characterized by high blood pressure and usually the presence of protein in the urine. Swelling, sudden weight gain, headaches, and changes in vision are important symptoms. Globally, preeclampsia and other hypertensive disorders of pregnancy are a leading cause of maternal and infant illness and death. By conservative estimates, these disorders are responsible for 76,000 maternal and 500,000 infant deaths each year. Fuck. So preeclampsia is just bad news. I mm -hmm. mean, usually if you have that, if they need you to carry longer... If you're early on in pregnancy, they'll monitor you. And that's what you'll hear about bed rest or, yeah. um, you know, extreme cases. And so he said, okay, well, that's all I needed. You know, we'll schedule the uh, induction for tomorrow. And, <sighs> wow. um, you know, I know there was a lot of like rearranging of schedules happening, but I think everyone was really happy. Yeah. And, you know, the next thing we know, we're checked into the hospital and, 
And that was a really, really easy birth, almost embarrassingly easy. Um, and but you had to do it twice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were born, I think, like five minutes apart or something. They wow. Because wow. they were just ready. They were ready and they had smaller heads. So <laughs> what can you do? Oh, gosh. They're so cute. But yeah. <laughs> but it was a great experience and it was a great follow-up experience, you know, um, yeah. And again, I mean, as a surrogate, you really could not be, it could not be better than to know that these children are going to be raised well by really great parents, uh, great people, and hopefully become great people because of that. And I feel like that that's such a worthy thing. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, I have a couple questions that I'm dying to know the answer to, um, but I also don't want to get up in your business too much. So feel free to not answer or whatever, but uh, like, or, or you could answer in a general respect. Um, one is, this is a, your job when you're a surrogate, right? You get paid to do these things. Yes, you definitely get paid. <laughs> do you, can you give me a range of like what a surrogate could expect to get paid? Yeah. Um, so usually I think I would say that kind of the marginal amount for surrogacy is 35,000. And then for each additional birth. So basically, you know, if you have a singleton, it's $35,000. Yeah. If you have twins, it's an additional 5,000 per additional child okay essentially uh-huh. um and then i don't it might increase with triplets but i, I think it just goes up in five thousand dollar increments yeah i have heard rumors of some surrogates getting eighty thousand dollars uh-huh. <laughs> i don't know who those people are <laughs> um, the golden vaginas yeah i mean i don't know i don't know but also at the same time like getting paid for anything kind of it's an agreement in itself. It's like you're doing this service for us. And so there's no guilt feelings on the part of the parents. Uh huh. I personally feel like it would be a really dangerous situation for a surrogate to not get paid yeah. a substantial amount because when you don't get paid for your service, you feel entitled mm-hmm. to kind of act however you want to act. Yeah. I, I feel like anybody could kind of reference that with any anything in their life where it's, you know, like, yeah, getting paid, you feel like there's, it's, it's not a business deal, but it is. There's a, there's a code of ethics. There's things that you should and should not do. You have to respect the intended parents and that's part of it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's no, I get it. out there that would do it free of charge and maybe not ever expect anything but I, I, if I was an intended parent, I wouldn't want to take that risk. Yeah, it just keeps things cleaner. Yeah. 
and because it's, like, uh, it's something I've thought about a lot, you know. And uh, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm a single female. I don't hate money. <laughs> like I'm trying to make life happen too. Right. right. Um. But but yeah. So you get paid anywhere between. 35,000 and 80,000 if you're <laughs> super awesome. Now I, I have to ask another question related to that. What happens if the pregnancy fails? Do you still like So in your contract you get paid, you know, certain amounts at certain milestones. Got you. And so you're basically up to that time and of course it starts off with lower increments. Maybe you get $300 of it. So the, the parents put the money in a trust that's controlled by your attorney or maybe both attorneys. Um, and then that trust is accessed whenever money needs to be transferred. You know, there's a chart in, in the surrogacy thing contract that says um, you'll get $200 at the time of implantation. You'll get $300 at the time of this. You'll get $500 with a positive, wow. you know, pregnancy test. You'll get $1,000 the first month. You'll get $2,000 the second month. And then it goes up in increments. So, you know, the surrogate is always going to be paid for their services up to a point. Very interesting. Um, uh, my other question, I'm not sure how much you know about it, but um, somebody told me that surrogacy is you're not allowed to get paid for it in certain states or in some states it's not you're not allowed to do it at all is that yeah um every every state has different litigation and different surrogacy laws and it's true in some states it's not allowed at all a lot of the couples do seek out surrogates in california because the laws are very very clear you know there have definitely been cases in other states where surrogates have gotten custody of the children that aren't even biologically theirs from other couples. Oh my lord. Y'all, I looked it up. Some of these places are crazy. It's different in every state, but here are the ones that stuck out to me. Arizona. An Arizona statute forbids surrogate parent contracts, whether they be traditional or gestational. It provides that in a surrogacy situation, the surrogate is the legal mother of the child or children, and if she is married, her husband is the father. Louisiana. Gestational surrogacy is restricted to married heterosexual couples using their own egg and sperm. Michigan. Michigan law forbids compensated surrogacy. Individuals who enter into surrogacy agreements other than compassionate surrogacy cased are subject to criminal penalties. New Hampshire. New Hampshire law does not restrict who can become an intended parent through gestational surrogacy. The law does set minimum standards for gestational carriers, including that they must be over 21 and have previously given birth. The law also specifies a number of specific requirements that must be completed before the gestational carrier becomes pregnant. New York. New York forbids surrogacy. What? Anyone who enters into a compensated surrogacy arrangement may be fined up to $10,000. Those who facilitate surrogacy arrangements, e.g. lawyers and agencies, are fined in the first instance and, for a second offense, are guilty of a felony. Damn, New York. Well, regarding me, yeah, being somebody that has never had a child before and is almost 40, is this is this even an option for me? Surrogacy? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's... If it's somebody that you knew, mm -hmm. absolutely. 
Okay. You know, just looking at you, you're healthy. There's no reason to think that you wouldn't be able to carry someone else's child and have no issues. Carrying a baby at a at 40, which I don't actually think is very, <laughs> 40's not old. Oh, uh, I don't think so either. You know, when you're a yeah. kid, 40's so old, but it is, we are children. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so personally, I would let someone, is, you know, you look healthy. If I couldn't have children, I would say absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to do it, I am definitely willing to have you as a surrogate. Mm -hmm. On paper, it's not marketable. You're not going to be taken on by an agency mm -hmm. because it's not marketable. Right. And, you know, and they're in part liable for anything. And that's another way that I was able to get around the whole not having children of my own. You know, I didn't have an agency. Yeah. So I didn't have that first obstacle. So yeah, there's no reason that you couldn't carry someone else's child. You know, again, I'm not a doctor, but I, my opinion, I've known enough people who have carried children, you know, way past the age of 40, it's reasonable to think that if you haven't been through menopause, you could get pregnant and have your own healthy baby. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know why you couldn't carry one as a surrogate. Yeah. I think my only concern is, I think most people would think, how attached is this woman going to be to this baby? Is if, yeah. if she's never had one of her own. I don't know how I would guarantee that I wouldn't, you know, feel super sad after this baby uh was taken yeah i think it's all a mindset yeah it's all about you, you make know, a decision yeah and that's the thing it's like you had mentioned earlier that you care deeply about other people mm -hmm. and that's really what it comes down to is having that care and recognizing you know there's a memory there's two memories that i will never forget and it's the moment that Jacqueline was born and the moment her dad laid eyes on her and every dream he had came true. And that's three actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same for the twins. It's, and you know, it's so amazing to get to be in that moment for somebody else and to see the first time that a person, you know, a great person that you admire and that you really care about to get to be a part of them getting to achieve that, to get to be a part of that moment of them looking at their child that they've tried so hard for so long, you get to see them see that for the first time. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's not a more beautiful thing that I think that anybody could ever experience or be part of. Mm -hmm. And from the first moment, that's, that's what you're doing it for. You get to be a part of changing someone's life for the better and contributing to their life and their happiness. And you get to feel happy about that. And it doesn't take away any of the happiness of, you know, being pregnant or anything. You don't, you don't frame it that way. You don't think about missing that child. You just think about knowing that you made the right choice and that they're going to have a great life with great parents. And that's the gift that you get. That's a very awesome gift too. Yeah, you know? that's a really and great I, way to think about it. I think it's just a realization that you come to. It's amazing to be able to invest your time and to invest yourself into something that matters. Yeah. And 
that definitely matters. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to you about having like heard the second, the second mm -hmm. podcast and I, I listened to it last week. Um, you know, I really connected with that because I feel like we, we do have a lot of the same, you know, desires and the same obstacles. Like, I think it's a very cautious and also a loving place to come from to be so concerned about the position that you're in when you start to make that move to bring a person mm -hmm. in into the world because you want to be your best self. Yeah. I really admire that you're not taking this lightly and that you're really, I can tell that's what you really want. And just having known you for an hour and a half, <laughs> now, um, you know, I think that you would make an amazing parent, but at the same time, I totally understand. It's <laughs> a lot of my like recent history has been me just trying to make make a way that, you know, before it's too late, I can just do it myself. And so it was, it was really effective for me to hear, you know, just about your journey and also just to know that someone else is experiencing that journey and it's not so insane to have those feelings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so. That makes me, that's heartwarming to hear you say that. <laughs> uh, makes me feel great that you can relate to it. Um, in episode four, I have my parents come on and I talked to my mom a lot about she had five kids and um, she loved all of her pregnancies. And yeah. so that's always been a big driving force for me, which, I, you know, I've, I've talked about this in a bunch of my episodes. But there has been a little switch in me recently because my dog passed away recent about I three did weeks hear ago. That. Yeah. I actually listened to the first part of the fourth episode, but oh. I hear when I'm driving and it was it's it's weird for me. It really put a sort of negative blanket on top of everything and and uh my dog was my dependent for fifteen years and I suddenly don't have that. In my whole adult life I've had this very he was a very needy dog. <laughs> I just feel like I don't want it right now. I suddenly yeah. don't want a baby at this very at this moment. And I know that I'm still grieving and I'm in a, a, a place. Um but so I am thinking more seriously about surrogacy and like if if what I really want is to experience, you know, have that closest to my mother and experience what she experienced and, and know that feeling, which I just really want to know that feeling, um, then maybe that's what I need to do. Or maybe in a couple of weeks I'll, I'll, I'll feel a lot better and yeah, I'll want the baby again. <laughs> yeah. Right now it's the morning and, uh, yeah, give it, give it some time. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I'm not time, rushing into anything. If you don't feel that way, then, you know, it'll save you a lot of money. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that you wanted to hear the uh, voice of a surrogate. Yeah. And um, I think that I have, like, very, a different story, but a very similar story. I think on behalf of all surrogates, you know, I'm glad that you asked about the money. I think that that's something that comes up a lot, and a, a lot of people like to think that surrogates are disingenuous and that we, oh you know, it's unfortunate, but um, it just is what it is. Uh, honestly, I wasn't asking because I, th just so you know, I was asking oh. because if I was a surrogate, I would want a lot of money and I would <laughs> do it for the money. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh no, not like that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I guess if there are any potential surrogates listening, if I could give one word of advice, please. Yes. 
it would be to really know your intended parents. Don't make any kind of allowances for personality flaws, you know, and I'm sorry to say that, but just think about this, this child that you love, you're never going to stop loving them. You're going to hand them over, but you're going to want to know that they're going to have the best life that these parents can possibly provide. And if you're seeing warning signs early, it's okay to, to go on and try to find other intended parents. And I think that that's really important. I think Very it's important. Very important. Yeah. But it was such a pleasure talking to you. And you too. Can't wait to follow your journey and Yay. see what happens. Thank maybe you so next much. year it'll be a completely different situation. Yeah. And maybe for you too. It might be. <laughs> Shelby, you are so wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. It was so much fun talking to you. And yeah. I can't wait Thank to you see for opening up to me. what happens. Yeah. I'll open up to anybody. Me too. The surrogacy thing. Uh... Uh, if you're ever in LA, let's hang out. Absolutely. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Molly. Have fun with your birdies. Will do. And your Shelby is one incredible lady. But I want to talk to one other incredible lady, my mom. In fact, she called me the other day and she said, I want to talk to you about surrogacy. I don't want you to do it. I said, great. Save it for the podcast. Hi. What's up? Oh. Oh, yeah. oh did you listen to the episode? Oh, I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I was only kidding when I said, what's up? Oh. I knew you were going to call me. <laughs> Let me start by saying, I think Shelby is an amazingly strong, strong rock of Gibraltar. But I don't believe that you or me are that kind of person, actually. Um, I mean, Shelby's the kind of woman who joined the Peace Corps. And she did it. And she went to Molly. I mean, you and I, we, you know, we're big talkers. Oh, I, uh, I could have been in the Peace Corps, but we didn't, is the fact. Yeah. So she is a super strong woman. I'm not sure you are that person. <laughs> um, I do. The two things I want to bring up about surrogacy for you, I, I think you would be. Oh my less... God, I'm going to get nauseous if you keep moving. I'm so sorry. I won't touch. Can you move? Can you put? It's done. It's stop. Done. Okay, I'm getting sick. <laughs> stop it. Okay. Stop it right now. <laughs> For you listeners, my mom is on her bed and she's got the phone. I don't know. It seems like the phone is on a waterbed. <laughs> and she's waving her arms around. <laughs> and, and, oh, my God. And I am getting seasick. I cannot handle this. Okay. Don't move and talk to me. Where were we? I was saying that I think you are a goddess. <laughs> Oh my God. I believe you are physically a goddess. You are, you are in wonderful, wonderful shape. You haven't been in this good shape as far as I know for since you were. I have never looked this good. You look wonderful. I don't Absolutely. know what's going on. You, you keep sending me pictures of your incredible body. I know. My face looks wrecked though. No, that is not so. Anyway, back to back on subject here. I believe you are in great, great physical shape. But you're an emotional wreck. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, Ma. You, you're in a confluence of difficult points in your life. And it's really, really rough on you. And I think that would be very, that would be incredibly rough to have to endure as a surrogate. So I think you have to be in a perfect state to be a surrogate. 
um, both mentally uh, and physically. Well, you don't think that I would have any of these emotional problems if the baby was my own? I think you would have less, to tell you the truth. But let me get to let me get to the second point, which is very simple: that that pregnancy, for all of its wonderfulness, and it is wonderful, takes a terrible toll on the human body but we pay the price because at the end of the day we have a reward we get a baby a baby that we get to take home and keep and love and expand the experience as a surrogate you do this thing you create this relationship for nine months and then you give birth and that's it you relinquish the baby the baby gets swaddled and whisked off disappears into thin air with happy parents. And what are you left with? Nothing. You pack your overnight bag, you go home with your aching crotch, and you go back to life as not normal. That is not a cool thing right now for you, Molly Hawkey. I think if you were, no, I'm serious. But Shelby, oh my goodness. What a powerhouse. Yeah. Like a, a good woman. Yeah, she's cool. All right. Wait, don't go you, put you know what I think? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Well, you put me on the spot, so I, I forgot about you. Right now, I don't know what I want because of all these crazy things that are happening exactly. in my life. And um, exactly. and I'm not ready to make any decisions. But I doubt that I would be able to do that as a first-time pregnancy. I don't know. I'm, I might be too afraid to uh of how my pregnancy is going to go and you're right about not having that baby to take home at the end to you know pay Don't off mistake pay what off. i've said you are not an afraid person i'm very fragile these person. days yes and, but you are way more fragile than i have been something is stirring stuff is going on yeah and i'm not denying that and uh it's time to take care of myself and see a therapist but um I'm I'm glad you're examining this and I'm glad for your for your listeners. Yeah. I gotta go now. Bye Mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did it. We made it through another episode of Spermcast, you guys. Oh, thank you, Shelby Gail, for having that conversation with me. You're an incredible human being and wow, what a fascinating world we all live in. I mean I just, I'm learning so much about the hoops people have to jump through to have kids. Also, a big thank you to Kat Barker for that healing session. Kat, I'm coming back to you. Hold a space for me. And mom, thank you for making me laugh. Now, if you're clamoring for more information about surrogacy, there's a tiny little podcast out there called Radio Lab, and they also just released an episode about surrogacy, and it's riveting. It's called Birth Story. Now, I know they're probably just trying to ride my coattails, get some more listeners, but hey, let's do them a favor. Let's give Radio Lab a boost. Let's all go find them on iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. Now, I don't need you to do this for me anymore because I'm big time, huge. I mean, I am making millions. But if you want to feel like you're contributing, fine. You can subscribe, rate, and review me too. Whatever. You can even go to my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash spermcast and pledge a buck or two and have like a ton of wonderful extra content. As always, you can email me at spermcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 323-741-1818. I'm sure you have tons of suggestions for me for future episodes. I want to hear them. Or if you, you know, have advice, give it to me. I need it. 
Or maybe you know a therapist that works on a sliding scale or takes my Blue Shield PPO and, and happens to be in the Los Feliz area of Los Angeles. Hook me up. Want to follow me on social? Just look up Spermcast on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, you can see pictures of all my amazing sperm contestants. Speaking of sperm contestants, we've got another one, baby. He's coming up next week. You're going to love him. He's tall. He's handsome. He's smart. He is super funny. And he can really sing a good eagle song. I guess that's it for now. Thanks for listening. He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay, straight, black, white, tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, Talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.